Welcome to another episode of the Colorful Kid Podcast. Long overdue, long hiatus, but uh, we have Rafa tonight and uh, first-timer Tom Harrison all the way from the Pittsburgh suburbs. How you doing, guys? I'm good. It's, it's been a while, but quite happy to be back, actually. It's got a lot to talk about. Yeah. How you doing, Tom? Good, yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me on, first of all. It's, uh, it should be fun. As, um, as you said, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Plenty, Plenty's been going on the last few weeks and plenty more to come. Is there, is there ever, ever a dull moment in League MX? <laughs> I think maybe like the Christmas week is like the boring week because no one's really doing anything. Season just ended and the draft isn't for a couple weeks. There's like there's like a one week gap between the final and the draft. Yeah. Where you kind of take a mental break for a little bit and then yeah, it's back in. It's it's non stop that league. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's there's like no off season either. There's like two mini breaks. There's like the break in January and then there's the break before the season starts in June. Yeah, it's like four weeks off. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It was, it was always a nice four weeks when I, when I had time zone issues. <laughs> uh, all right, so last night, Copa America, and uh, I don't know if you guys saw the ratings, but it was 1.4 million people saw this game, Rafa. Are you, like, surprised by that? Not really. I think we're uh, very conscious how big this game is. It's, it, I mean, it's definitely the biggest game in Mexico. Even if it's a friendly, you know, people tune in and watch. Uh, I was not surprised at all. It was. I think the the game itself w- was entertaining. I thought maybe Chivas were, were by far the better team, and uh, I think that final result shows it. Even though it, it was a penalty shootout that decided the whole uh, the whole contest, but. Uh, I think we had we had a decent game. I think it, again the better team won. It, it is what it is. It's a classic. It had everything. I mean, uh, there was the usual drama at the end. Uh, I mean, there was that scary injury to Bruno Valdez, who's going to be gone for uh, for I think six the next six months or so. Um, you know, penalty shootout. What else can you ask about about it? It's it's full of emotions. It's it's why people tune in and watch a cup game. I mean, it's it, the two most popular teams going at it and ending in a penalty shootout. What else could you ask for? Um, so, Tom, you've been watching Liga MX for a couple of years. Uh, how does this how does this cup compare, I guess, to the FA Cup? Uh, well, there's there's a fair amount more interest in general in the FA Cup. Even uh, though teams tend to play. They're pretty much reserves and a couple of random starters. Yeah, I think the big thing is, obviously there's the history which makes it important, but it's a big thing for the fans. Um, the FA Cup in England is a chance for a lot larger way crowds. Um, you generally, they generally allow 10% of the stadium of stadiums to be for away fans in FA Cup games. Um, whereas normally for like Premier League or Championship games, it's a lot less than that. So it's a it's a kind of a big cult thing for fans to go away to these FA Cup games, which really boosts the atmosphere, and you get you can get a great atmosphere at these cup games, um, particularly if they're quite exciting games, um, and of course even even more so if they're rivalries. Whereas, you know, you see some of these Copper Emiakis games and it's like, there's a couple thousand people there. uh, They'd be lucky with a couple thousand people some nights. Yeah, exactly. Um, Especially when uh, when the games involve the second division team. Oh man, it's just, it's rough. Yeah, and you have the group stage and, you know, some of these group stage matches. I mean, now I think it's like the top two of three teams go through. These group stage matches are almost... But, you know, meaningless. Um, it's, it's so you can understand why there's little fans. The only thing I have in defense for the Copa Emeki's uh, system, rather than being a straight knockout cup, is I think it's a great way for young players to get opportunities. 
and you see this, you have these group stage games and you'll see uh, lots of Liga Mekis teams putting out their Canteros. Um, and that, I think, is a great opportunity for them to play in a game that has a bit more meaning and is a, you know, is a first team game rather than just a youth game. You know, they're pl- even though it's almost empty, they're playing at the proper stadium. It's a proper tournament. Uh, it's not a youth game. So I think there's value in the Copa Amerikis the way it is. But having the group stage means you lose out on some of the, the kind of the magic they call of the FA Cup. Well, real quick before, I know we're going to talk about Chivas and Club America, but if for a question to either one of you guys. Has any youth players stood out to you in the Copa Amerikis that you didn't really see enough of and all of a sudden he's on your radar? I'm not sure if Tom wants to answer this question. <laughs> I, I have one player in mind. Because it's usually uh, like one guy that you kind of hear about, but he doesn't even play in the first team, and they throw him onto these you know, these games, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, he can play. He's alive. He's a real person. <laughs> well, what I can make, the argument I'll make is that this tournament has, has done wonders to for Chivas, because uh, if we didn't already know that Chivas were stacked on, uh, when it came to the bench, because, I mean, right now they're playing... Uh, Perez and Orbelin in the midfield while they have guys like Gallito and, and Gullo Pena on the bench. Uh, I mean, it's it's worth mentioning that, that Chivas used their, their second-string team basically yesterday and beat America. I mean, they're, they're in the final for a reason. They have a really good bench. I mean, and, they, and they're showing it. It's not like they got eliminated in the quarterfinals or in the group stage. Uh, they have a strong second-string te- team, and they showed it by making it to the final. I mean, that's worth mentioning. Uh, and, and a lot of those guys, if if, you know, push comes to shove and, and you know, a first uh, a starter gets injured or something, these guys are ready to step up. So in that sense, I think Tom has made a really good point about, uh, you know, these young players stepping up and having a chance to to show what they're for, what they're made of. Because uh, you never know. I mean, there might be an injury to, to one or two center backs and, and one of these guys has to step up or, you know, one of the midfielders. So so in that sense, I mean, you can look at Michael Perez, who, who just took over. Uh, Gallito Vasquez's spot in the starting lineup. I, I mean, Michael Perez was just like any other Chivas youngster playing in these Copa Amec, Copa Amec's games, uh, you know, a few months back. So, uh, again, Tom made a really good point there. Yeah, just I'm trying to think about players. Um, there was the guy for Chivas who scored um, in the first game, Edson Torres. That's the name. Um, I remember he scored, they, they lost to Chiapas like 4-1, but he scored a really nice goal in that game. So that was pretty impressive. The, the main name that comes to mind in terms of players is someone actually from last season who has since broken into their first team and is now, some people are even starting to mention outside chance of a national team call-up in the future, uh, Leon's Leo Lopez. And he was a regular in Copa Amerikis last season. And every time I saw him, I managed to catch Leon a few times in, in the group stage. And every time I saw him, I was really, really impressed. And I think you can see now uh, he's putting in some fantastic performances week in, week out now for Leon in Liga Amerikis. Because so. I feel like that provides a, I don't want to say stress-free free environment, but no coach is getting fired over Copa Amerikis results, you know? Exactly, and we exactly. know we always complain about. Well, I complain about these short seasons that lead to, you know, less development on youth because the coach, you know, he he only has 17 games in his regular season, and if he does if he has a bad first eight games, you know what? He might not get the chance to coach the second half of the season. So, yeah, we see that every every year, <laughs> every year, and I think what up to I don't even I lost track of how many people got fired so far, but I feel like half the league has been fired in the last six months. Yeah, um, how has it been? Yeah, it's, I don't know, I, I honestly lost track, but, uh, yeah, so Chivas, Chivas, Chivas are surging right now, aren't they? There seems like things to be clicking, I know, Rafa, you spoke in the previous podcast well about Almeida, and we, and we talked about it in the preview for the season, where, you know, if Chivas stick with him, they, they have, they might have something here, and it seems like they do have something here. Yeah, uh. I think Matias Almeida is is doing an excellent job. Uh, I think he's one of those young managers who, uh, if I'm being honest with you, I don't think he'll last very long in, in Liga Amekis if, if he keeps playing this well, or he coaches this well, I should say. 
Uh, I know Tom is, is, has a lot to say about Almeida as well. Uh, I particularly like his, his style of play. I think uh, he's done a really good job uh, just giving this Chivas team a style, uh, something that other previous managers have struggled with. Uh, and, and it's shown. I mean, I think yesterday, like I said before, they, they were by far the better team. They were, I think America had, I think the America got more complaints about defending too much, uh, but I think at the same time Chivas were just exceptional. I mean, there was little America could do sometimes when, uh, you know, these Chivas players just fast play, you know, quick interchanges. You know, it's it's everything you like to see about a team. You know, uh, as a as a purist, as a fan of good football, I I like Chivas. I, I think Matias Almeida has done a really good job. Tom? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I think last night was watching the game itself wasn't too surprising. And then I took us, there was sort of a moment in the second half um, and it kind of clicked. You know, hang on a minute. Chivas are completely dominating America at the Azteca. If you'd have told me this would happen a year ago, I'd have laughed. You know, this would have been ridiculous. America have been so dominant over Chivas for so many years. And the way that they just controlled that game, um, completely monopolized the ball, kept it in for the majority in America's half, was quite incredible. And I think I, I tweeted something along these lines yesterday. It was a real testament to the work that Almeida's done, the way that match went last night. Now, Tom, who who do you think, just on paper, has the more talented squad, Club America or Chivas? I'd be inclined think... to say Club America has the more talent, but then that just goes to show you how good of a job Almeida's been doing. I think the thing with Chivas, um, as Rafa said, is, is that strength and depth is incredible. And True. you know, Chivas are, are playing a you know, quote unquote reserve team with the likes of Hulit Pena, Khalita Vasquez in the team, uh, Alanis at the back, Ponce left back, uh, Polido. You know, he's he's a probably kind of you'd say a backup at the moment because he's working his way into the team. I've just named four ex Mexico internationals right now. Um, we're, five, hoping sorry, at least Gullet, we're hoping at least Gullet stays an ex-Mexican national team player. <laughs> it's incredible. On the contrary, you have Club America, who have as their backup fullbacks Osmar Mares and Gil Baron. That's a that's a you know significant gap between their quality and the quality that America should really have in their, in their squad it wouldn't matter if Samudio and uh, Aguilar were fit but they were both injured and that makes a big difference to America particularly with Lavolpe playing five at the back and needing his fullbacks to provide attacking support now Rafa what do you think about Lavolpe is he going to be here come uh, the draft in uh, December oh I wasn't expecting that question, but... Because uh, <laughs> I think his contract only runs through the Apertura. Yeah, it's then... the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I think, yeah, I think it's till the, after the Clausura, I think. Well, I'm going to defend uh, America here. I I, I mean, let, let's be honest. They weren't good yesterday. I mean, there's no other way to put it. They, they weren't good. They, they got lucky they even made it to the penalties. But if you ask me... I mean, La Volpe is trying. He's giving this team some sort of, you know, that, that substance that, that, La Volpe, that La Volpe style, uh, you know, he's famous for. Uh, I think he's trying, but it, it's very difficult to do that midseason, you know, just coming in from Ignacio Ambriz, like right in the middle of the tournament. It's very tough. Uh, however, again, they were very disappointing yesterday. And if, if you boil it down to tactics, like Tom said, he likes to come out with five, five at the back with two attacking wing backs. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's got three center backs. Uh, and with La Volpe, he he's more of that, again, purist where he tries to come out playing through the back. If you think about it, that's three center backs against two two of Chivas's forwards because uh, I think uh, it might have been, I don't remember yesterday 
who the forwards were. I think it was Polito and somebody else. But usually what, what Chivas does is they press with two forwards, uh, whether, you know, it's a player coming out from the wing or it's two forwards like they were doing in the league with Angel Saldivar and Marco Bueno. So in essence, you know, Chivas was giving America tons of space to come out playing. And that's something they couldn't do. I mean, that, that shows that either, you know, the concept is not there yet or, you know, it, again, La Volpe maybe is just not getting to the players as fast as he would, uh, as he would like. So, uh, in that sense, it, it's difficult to say if he's going to be there because he's. I mean, there's no margin for error. He's only there for this season, and he has to show in a short amount of time that you know his playing style can stick to the players and they can do a good job. Uh, as things are going right now, they're probably going to make the Liguilla, but beyond that, it's you know it's it's a big mystery. Uh, I think. I've, in, Again, to defend America, I think they look decent. They haven't looked amazing by uh, by any means, but they've looked decent. Uh, and you know, decent is enough to make the league yeah, in this uh, in this league. Uh, but to answer your question, I don't know. Beyond that, it, it's tough. I mean, let's, let's be honest. You can have a terrible season, qualify eighth place in La Liga, make a deep run, and pretty much all is forgiven. <laughs> now. Are, is our expectations that Club America would they be different if if it wasn't their centenario, if it wasn't something they've been hyping up all year? I think Definitely. I think it, we would look at it different. It would just be an, another middling season for Club America, but it's it's their centenario. They got Estadio Azteca being renovated, and it's just it's just they're already one of the teams that's most under the most pressure. Plus all of this, it's like he he they have to win a title to satisfy people at this point yeah pretty much i agree a lot of pressure a lot of pressure on there all right well that's enough chivas club america talk i guess i keep hearing there's 16 other teams in in liga meki so let's uh (laughs) it's easy to forget that sometimes (laughs) it's just people are always like well what about the other teams i'm like i mean these are the two most popular teams but I don't know. Well, let's just run down through uh, the eight teams that are qu- currently in La Liga. We got Tijuana, Pachuca, Tigres, Chivas, Club America, Necaxa, Toluca, and León. Are those going to be the eight teams going to La Liga? Who's going to sneak in there? Because we have... Um, Leon's in eighth place with 21, Pumas nine with 20, and then Puebla, Monterrey, Las Cruzul. So between a 12th place and seventh place, it's literally three points difference. Well, let's let's start from the top. I mean, let's talk about Tijuana. I mean, they've been amazing. I mean, they're already in the league and they've only lost twice. They've been amazing under Miguel this season. Yeah. Well, let's let's just. Look. Home, Tijuana home. After not winning for what twelve months at home, what was that, Rafa? Yeah, what, 12 yeah, I think months? they won a whole six months, maybe. Yeah, been... they win like a whole season, yeah, without winning at yeah, home. Yeah. This year, Tijuana has seven wins out of seven games, fourteen goals, only given up one goal. Yeah, it's it, again, they've been amazing. I don't know what Tom. I know Tom has likes Tijuana a lot as well. They they got some really good players like Ilo Rodriguez and. Uh, just what Miguel has done this season has been impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I've, you know, like you said, I I've loved watching them this season. I think that they've recruited superbly well um, over over the summer break, and you know Herrera's mixed it up. He's moved away from that five three two, and it's just working fantastically. Um, what you've got, which is just so brilliant to see, is that front four, um, which is Milton Caraglio plays as a, a target man. Um, and then in and around him, you have Avila Zetado, Dairo Moreno, and um, Gabi Alce. And those three um, play one on the left, one through the middle, one on the right. And they switch all game. And all game long, they are popping up in those different positions. And it's a real testament to Herrera's coaching that he's been able to get them 
to have that, you know, that tactical knowledge to be able to switch position mid-game and yet still be able to offer going forward and defensively. Um, you know, a lot of players perhaps are capable of playing multiple positions, but to do it, to play in three different positions in the same game and then to be able to fulfill a defensive responsibility, which clearly they're doing, if they've only conceded once at home, that's incredible. Um, the other mention conceded, I have to They've only conceded 10 goals in 14 games. Exactly. Um, it, it's remarkable. The, the other mention you really have to give is Guido Rodriguez, as Rafa mentioned. I mean, the, uh, the, he's on another level. I, I watch him play and it's, he's on another level to almost everyone else in the league. He's just so intelligent. His reading of the game is remarkable. And he's making six, seven tackles and interceptions every single game. Um, he's just bossing midfields. He's just a fantastic player. I'm, I'm hoping he's going to stay in uh, the league for a long time. But, you know, scouts watching him from Europe are shortly going to be impressed. Tijuana might need to sell. I mean, they're paying people, like, what, $2.5 million this year? Yeah, he's, he's got a big paycheck, but he's making large strides right now. I don't know. I think he's worth every penny right now. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's worth every penny right now, definitely. Um, we got Pachuca in second place, uh, twenty-seven points. They actually have a bigger goal difference, and I mean, you guys are talking about Tijuana, but I'm impressed with Pachuca considering they were missing half their starting lineup for a month because of the Olympics, and then they lost Pizarro due to injury. I mean, they just plug guys in. Well, I don't think Pachuca as much was surprising. I think they're no, not a surprise, but like <laughs> I, mean, I mean that they're still they're in second place when all the injuries and call ups they've gone through. I think that's that's it's impressive. Yeah, it, it's very impressive. Uh, but I think Pachuca is just Pachuca. We already know what they're about. They're it, it's impressive that they're they've been this consistent. But uh, in terms of what they bring to the table, I think we we know why they're there. I mean, they're the reason they're champions. Um, I'm particularly impressed with the output that Irving Lozano has has produced as of lately. Uh, I think this is this has been one of his best seasons, if not his best season as as a player, as you know, ever since he he broke through Pachuca. Uh, I've been impressed with that. I don't know what you think about Pachuca. I think um, what they've done really well is added depth, and. Um, you know, like you said, Raul, they've done incredibly well at dealing with players being at the Olympics uh, with injuries throughout the season, particularly, of, of course, to Pizarro. And I think they've added depth really well. And they've pretty much got two solid players for every position with one key exception, uh, the centre-back. I think the Gonzalez-Murillo centre-back partnership if that gets broken up, they're not the same team. Uh, but apart from that, they've got pretty good depth across across the um, across the positions, and a lot of those positions are being filled by young Mexicans who are developing nicely. No, I think I think Tom makes a really good point on bringing up the center backs because you know let, let's remember we we sat here a year ago and we talked about what's missing with Pachuca. Like, why are Pachuca not champions? I mean, they have a really good team. Uh, you know, they have youth. You know, beyond yeah, any other dollars, that's what happened. But yeah, they they brought in two center backs who who are amazing. I think the Murillo is, I think it's superb. I think he, I mean, when it comes to left footed center backs, I mean he's he's, you know, up there. He, he's he's been superb for Pachuca. Uh, I remember watching him uh, just a few weeks ago against against Uruguay, and uh, I think he was given the responsibility of marking Luis Suarez, which is no easy task whatsoever. And I think Luis Suarez beat him in one. I think in in the goal Luis Suarez scored. I think Luis Suarez beat him, and, and it was completely Murillo's fault. But other than that, Murillo was you know had Luis Suarez's number for the rest of the match. Uh, but I mean that just shows you how good Luis Suarez is. That you know he has one chance, he puts it away. But I mean Murillo has been superb for Pachuca. I think he's been one of the best center backs in the league. They're just so good at every position, and uh, they got your boy Tom Ruben Bota. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is the, the only negative I can bring up about Pachuca and Diego Alonso is the little game time that Ruben Botta and Mateus Gonzalez are receiving right now because both are wasted talents. Um, yeah, Botta doesn't really fit in there, but um, very, very fun to watch. Can we also talk about Jonathan Retaviskaya's goal? Oh, my God. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> The goal was everywhere. I think he missed out on Sports Center. Did they? Yeah. He just took it. I was like one of those seven. moments. <laughs> he took it like it was, it was one of those. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those moments where I like sort of like pushed the laptop aside, threw my headphones on the floor, you know, s- stood up in in awe of of the goal. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, it was fantastic. It was. Just... Pachuca, they're just a fun. They're my favorite team to watch. They're just so fun, so fun. And then they added Delos Lopez and Eric Aguirre this this uh, off season. I mean, how? What did they even pay for Aguirre? I don't even know what the hell they paid for him. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how much they paid in money, but they managed. They, they I know it involved them giving them um future giving future Morelia. Team. I'm not quite sure on the. Uh, yeah, but I know they gave them two players as well. Um, um, the Ecuador, um Penia, Christian Penia, and um, Hugo Rodriguez, who uh, they did well to get rid of. And I think they got Delos Lopez for some money and then for extending Cota's loan, I think, right, Rafa? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that, that was it. And they got Avion Ramirez from Chivas as well. I mean, he hasn't played much for Pachuca, but he's a good player. And then in third place, we got Tigres, who I feel like they just, they're like, they remind <laughs> Rafa, they remind me of an NBA team who's really good. They kind of just skate by in the regular season. Last they're couple like, games of the regular season, they turn it back on, and then they're ready for the playoffs. Are they like the Spurs? Is, is that what you're thinking? I don't know. They're like... They're like, yeah, we'll, get, we'll give them the Spurs. Probably two, a chance. Two, two probably. Two yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it makes sense, yeah. Uh, they're there. I mean, they, they beat my Pumas this, this past weekend, and they got the Clásico Regio going on, going on this weekend as well. Uh, they struggled a bit sometimes. I mean, they've only lost twice, but I think one of those defeats was against Necaxa at home. I think it was two weeks ago or so. Uh, I mean, Tigres is... Again, like like you said, we, we already know what we get from Tigres. Uh, we already know what we get from Tuca. I think they struggled a bit this season because they don't have Rafael Sobis anymore. Uh, Celarayan has struggled a bit adapting to... I mean, he's struggled a bit since since coming to Liga Amex. Uh, but I think he still he still doesn't understand Tuca's system as well. Uh, but, I mean, they got Sosa, they have Aquino. I mean, they got players everywhere. That's, that's Tigres. They're struggling because they're not playing Espericueta. We all know that. Come on, guys. <laughs> One day. One day. <laughs> One day. We'll, we'll see Espericueta. Hashtag no. free Espericueta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're just like a team that I don't even worry about in the regular season. Whether they struggle or not, I just don't even think about it. It's like, eh, they'll turn it on in the playoffs. Yeah, it's kind of... You know, we we often have these four games at, at once on on the uh, Saturday night, and one of them is, you know, it's either the Tigres home game or the Monterey home game. Every time it's the Tigres home game, I'm like, oh, I don't need to watch this game. You know, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> I know how the game's going to go. I'll watch the goals. I'll, you know, I'll I'll focus on one of the, the other four games. Yeah, unless Unac is in a hat trick, and then it's like, all right, I gotta watch. <laughs> or uh, their goalies having another howler. <laughs> oh, come on, I, I really like Noel Guzman. I know everybody. He's good, but like he's also good for like a bad mistake each game. Like just something where you're like, what is he doing? See, the argument I made is in a system like Ricardo Tuca Ferretti, where where the goalie has sees more of the ball than than you know in other teams. Uh, you know, when you see a guy like Pirlo, like. I'm not comparing him to Pirlo, but let's say a guy like Pirlo or Xavi in his prime, you know, every time we saw his stats and you're like, oh, he only misplaced two passes or something like that, you're like, oh, wow, he's amazing. I mean, it's only natural a goalkeeper's going to miss a pass or two if, 
you know, if he plays in a system where he gets the ball a lot, I mean, even the best players in the world misplace passes. So that's my that that's the defense I'll, I'll use for Noel Guzman. I mean, I like the guy. I think he's fair point. Fair point. It's gonna get haircut though, man. The thing's not working for him. <laughs> yeah, I can't defend him on that one. <laughs> Um, fourth and fifth is uh, Chivas and America. I mean, you know, we're talking about America like they're bottom of the table. Chivas are up, the, up top, but I mean, they they have the same number of points, you know, similar goal difference. Um, so I don't know. Well, Chivas actually have you know with the four away wins, better than their home record. Club America, I don't know. Club America is just that team where you don't know what you're gonna get from them. I think just. We know they're good, but who's going to show up for them on a day-to-day America, basis? America have been decent away from home as well, if, if I'm not mistaken. They, they might be one of the better teams. It's, uh, it's at the Azteca. Uh, I mean, they haven't lost away from home, but so they have two wins and four draws. Yeah, only they and Cruz Azul haven't lost away from home. Yep. Yeah. But it's at the Azteca where Cruz you can Azul see drawn six away. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Cruzazul's gonna Cruzazul. Come on, we know that. <laughs> Unbeaten away from home, but six draws. <laughs> I mean, they That's have, so They have thirteen draws. Oh no, sorry, sorry, sorry. They have. They're only seven. Never mind. Never mind. Seven. Yeah, I added it. Yeah, they have seven draws, which leads the league. But um, let's let's talk about Nikaxa a little bit. I mean, sixth place. For a team that just came up, that's a little surprising. Well, I want to hear Tom's opinion about Nick Oxa because uh, I'm not sure if he's a fan of Nick Oxa or he doesn't like Nick Oxa. Or... Uh, I've been, I've been going back and forth with Nick Oxa. I have a lot of respect for them. I have a lot of respect for their manager as well, um, uh, Luis Alfonso Sosa, who was originally in charge of Leones Negros when they were in Liga Mekis. And I very much liked what he did with them. I, that was my... Um, i trying to think about that. That was, that was my second season of watching Liga Mekis, but it was like the first season I was really, really getting into it. And um, I loved watching Leones Negros that season. And I've, I've often said if, if they had a better forward than Anangono, who just continually missed one-on-ones, uh, they would have stayed up. Who, uh, Qual- Inter- uh, Juan Luis Anangano? Yeah, he was he was a Chicago Fire, wasn't he? Oh God, he was he was so frustrating, man, to watch day in and day out. He's just never mind. Just let's just go on. Let's just I don't want to yeah. talk about it. It's just bad. Anyway, the the <laughs> Focus on the Yeah, I think what he's done really really well is created a side. That um, are very well organised. Um, you know, they're solid at the back. They're very capable of keeping the game tight, and they are very good on the counter attack. Um, they they play some very nice, quick, um, intricate passing moves. I believe I ha- I was looking at some statistics last weekend, and before last weekend's round of games, they'd actually um, had more counter attacks than any other team in the league. So they're very good on the counter-attack, particularly, of course, that man Edson Pooch, who has really does have that class. Um, One of the signings of the season, don't you think? Without a doubt, yeah. definitely up there, top top three. Yeah, um, he, has, he has eight goals already season. Yeah, and, and some of the goals have been incredible. Um, and the reason that I have not liked them and got frustrated with them is that at times it's looked like I've been watching them and it's it's, it's like they don't want the ball. It, it's almost like they they are so drilled and content in this sitting back, soaking up pressure, counter-attacking style. And I think they're a bit better than that. And you see you see some of the, the link-up play you get between Puj Gallegos and Isihara when they are on these quick counter-attacks. And I'm just like, I want to see more. I want to watch more of this. Because it's very good football. And it frustrates me when I'm watching them going, I want to see more of this. But, you know, they have this 
this tactic, they have this system, it's working extremely well for them. If they're going to continue to push for, you know, um, Ligia in future seasons, I don't think they can continue just playing this way. I think eventually, you know, teams will, will figure you out and um, teams will adapt to this. And you can't consistently perform at the top of the table if you're going to have 40% possession a game. So they're going to have to um, adapt. They're going to have to try and improve a little bit. Um, and they may well do so, you know. So we'll see how it goes with the Kaksa. But, yeah, so far, you have to say, sixth on the table, looking like they're almost safe from relegation already. It's a fantastic job from Sosa. And uh, to further prove your point, I'm looking at the team, and they only have one player who who averages more than 30 accurate passes a game. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. If one player who who you know makes more than 40 accurate passes a game, that's that is really low nowadays. Who is that player? Uh, Manuel Itura, midfielder. Ah, thought it might be uh, yeah yeah he, he defensive midfielder so yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know when they were when they were uh, promoted, we were talking about them. Rafa as being you know one of the teams that could stay up just because they made a lot of veteran signings after they got promoted to Liga MX. No, uh, I think Tom made a really good point about Nikaxa, uh, and I think you have to mention Pooch again. He's he's been splendid for them. So is uh, Spindola actually. Yeah, Spindola has been doing a decent job. He's got four goals already. Sort of had this little revival going on at Nakaksa. His DC United crashed today. But... <laughs> and Ralph Salt Lake. And, well, every team he's played. <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, um, I think I echo exactly what, what Tom said. I think Sosa has been doing a superb job with this Nakaksa team. He's giving them an identity. Uh, I'm not as harsh as Tom. I, I think uh, just as we, we acknowledge... Almeida doing a really good job with, with Chivas and, and their style of play. Uh, I'm okay with them having 40% possession, in my opinion. I mean, that's that's just me. Uh, I, I, again, they, they just built such a nice core of a team. Uh, it, it's it's funny that you bring up that defensive midfielder has had the uh, you know worst pass accuracy of the team. Uh, I think he's been the only one where I've, ha- I've put a question mark on because, again, I, I think if there's one think they're missing is maybe a defensive midfielder uh, you know a Guido Rodriguez or a Mejia from Leon or something like that or a Molina uh, but they're, they're a good team I, I think they I don't know if maybe they, they have some sort of end of the season collapse or something but for now they're they're in the league and I think they can do a decent job if uh, you know if they get a favorable matchup I think I'm looking at things right now a Tigres versus Necaxa game would probably be be just like the game we saw two weeks ago at, at the Estadio Universitario where Necaxa just barely, you know, got by with two counterattacks. So, uh, you know, you never know. It's it's all about making the league, and from there it's a completely new tournament. And let's... The last night we got the Luca, Leon, Pumas, Puebla, and surprisingly, because I thought I had them being as one of the better teams, Monterrey. Is eleventh? Yeah. I mean, who do we see sneaking into the last couple spots there in uh, La Liga? Because uh, I mean, it's like we we're saying from seventh place down to twelfth place, it's just three points difference. I don't know. I think a lot. I would like to say Pumas. I was going to say you want to say Pumas. <laughs> yeah, Pumas is the only. But again, it would be either. You know, Nicaxa, Toluca, or Leon going down. It's tough. It, it, I think this this top eight won't change much. I, I don't see Monterrey sneaking in. I think it's too late for them. But, again, they have a really good team. You, you just never know. Uh, they got Tigres coming up this weekend. Uh, but I, I don't know. Even Puebla has been decent. I mean, all things considered, I mean, they, they struggle. They They've been inconsistent, but they've looked good at times with their coach, so it's tough. Uh, I don't know, Tom. Who, who, who do you see sneaking in here, if anybody does? 
Um, I'm kind of inclined to say it will stay as it is. Um, but I, I, I think I think your Pumas could definitely get in there. I know they've got two away games left this season, which is an issue because their away form has been awful. But one is against Veracruz on Friday. And Veracruz have lost like seven in a row, I think. They're on an awful run of form. Um, yeah, it's six in a row they've lost in the league. So that gives Pumas a great chance. Then it's Morelia at home, and you really fancy them to get a win there. And then they finish up away at Puebla, and that could be a game with two sides in the race. Um, so that could be a fascinating game to watch. I think Pumas have a good chance of, of sneaking in there, actually, even though their away form has been so poor. Monterey, they've got a win at Tigres, really, haven't they? You know, they've only got 18 points. They've, they've got to win Clasico Regio. And if they do... Who knows? That could be the the kind of turnaround for the season. Exactly, that springboard. I mean, nothing's going to give you that confidence, that motivation, like a, like a big derby victory. And who knows? They could get the win and go on and win the league. <laughs> it can happen. That's, that's totally true. That's the league I make for you. Like, I mean, who would honestly be surprised if Monterrey gets the eighth spot and then knocks out Tijuana in the first round? No one. <laughs> no. No, it could happen. I mean, as, as long as they stop, cut down on the long shots that they take, they, they can be anyone. Rafa, how do you feel about uh, Paco Palencia this year at uh, Pumas? I think he, he's done a decent job. We know, I mean, on a personal level, I, I really did not like Guillermo Vasquez as, as coach for Pumas. I thought, I mean, his, his style of play was just not for me. Uh, I mean, it was just, I mean, there was that one Liguilla where they went, I think they finished top of the league or so. And uh, they made the final where they lost to Tigres. I mean, they were just awful. I, I mean, to this day, I don't know how they made, how they finished top of the league, how they even made the final. I mean, they struggled through the Liguilla. I mean, it wasn't a surprise that, that in that first leg, Tigres just you know, dismantled Pumas. Uh, so I, I was quite satisfied when Guillermo Vasquez left. As a fan, I mean... Uh, Obviously, no, you don't like seeing uh, somebody lose their job. But as a fan, I mean, I, I was happy Guillermo Vasquez went out of Pumas. Uh, I think with Valencia, if you give him maybe another off season, he you might see a little improvement from Pumas. I think he, you can see what he's trying to do with the team. Uh, I personally, I mean, it's it's difficult because he's also switched formations a bit, but. I mean, all things considered, I mean, he's doing, just stylistically speaking, I think it's better than what Guillermo Vasquez used to do with Pumas, even if the team is not doing uh, as well. Uh, but, I mean, they can sneak into Liguilla. I don't see him doing a big thing in the Liguilla, to be honest. Uh, it's just a matter of time. I think Valencia is doing an okay job, and again, another off season, and maybe this team can have some sort of substance to it. But, I mean, as a fan, I'd love, of course, to see him in the league and do something really good. But I, I just don't see it, to be honest. But all credit to Palencia. I think he's doing an okay job. So he's, pretty much you think he's doing as best as he can be expected with what he has. Yeah. Again, Pumas doesn't have the budget of, you know, other teams. They they had to sell Ismael Sosa, which oh, was their star player for these past few seasons. So uh, it makes sense. It, I mean, I'm looking at it right now, six wins and six defeats. I mean. Uh, that's that's tough, but again, like you said, they're they're doing as best as they can, I guess. I just get a quick question into you, Rafa. Yeah. Uh, what you, what have you thought of Saul Bejon so far? See, I I, I kind of I'm kind of angry at Palencia. If there's something that that uh that I can complain about is, uh, I think they've looked better with um with Bejon sort of playing as an inside midfielder. I know he. He plays uh, Cortez and um, who's the other guy? Uh, uh, the name escapes me right now. The guy who plays on the left, but uh, you mean Ga like, Gallardo? No, Gallardo's sort of more on the wing. Wing, uh, yeah. F Fidel has been playing. Fidel, yeah. Fidel started some games. Uh, Pablo Barrera? No, Pablo Barrera's in the right. right. <laughs> no, but uh, so, sometimes it's been Escamilla and then Abraham. Yeah, but so basically, what I'm trying to say. Abraham deeper. 
he's played Saul as sort of this interior midfielder, uh, more like Cortez, but on the left, sort of this, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, this right-footed player on the left. And it, I think they've played best when, when sort of been, uh, you know, Abraham on as, as a defensive midfielder, sort of that pivot mm-hmm. there, and that those two interior midfielders, which would be Cortez, Verjon, and then Gallardo and Barrera as the wingers. I think they've looked best in that formation. But recently, Palencia has not gone to that formation. I don't know why. It escapes me why why he's switched all of a sudden, because I think they've played best. Uh, I, but I think Berhorn's done really good as an interior midfielder. Uh, obviously, with Gallardo, who suddenly just won the starting spot with, with his really good performances, and Barrera so, sort of, you know, just... Going back to old form, I guess. West Ham uh, legend. West Ham legend. West Ham legend, yeah. No, um... I, I, I think just to come in on the formation change, I, I think the um, it, it was done against Tigres when he brought in Escamilla. I, I think the concern is Abraham isn't good enough defensively. Yeah, he is in a Guido Rodriguez. Like. Yeah, I, I, he's a fantastic passer of the ball. He's got excellent vision, but defensive side of the game isn't great and I think I understand why you know you're thinking against those bigger teams and the attack like Tigres have to have Kevin Escamilla as a an extra man in the midfield to, to cover the, the defense so I understand why he's he's done that I think he did that when they went to America as well so I understand that but obviously yeah you, you do lose a bit of the attacking threat yeah and I get that but no, you're you're completely right. But I think if if this is the style you want to play, then it doesn't matter if it's Tigres or whoever you're playing. You stick to it. I mean, look at Chivas; they're playing Michael Perez or Belin Pinela, and they're not by any chance any Kido Rodriguez or any Mejias. And they're they're two midfielders with who aren't very defensive minded. Uh, and Matias Almeida sticks to it. So I think Valencia. I mean, you're right. He has every right to do something like that, and it makes 100 percent. It makes sense 100%, but, I mean, for me, as a fan, I'd like to, you know, see him be a little bit more daring, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, real quick, to wrap up our league, MX roundup, Tom, who's been the best player in the league, in your opinion? Guido Rodriguez. And you're, maybe not, not the worst, but who's been your... I guess the guy you thought was going to do well and just has bombed so far. Oh. It's most disappointing. Most disappointing player. Um, I, honestly, Saul has been up there. Um, I, I, he hasn't quite fit in, and so that's been disappointing. But number one's Edward Cotton. I mean, wh- what's happened? <laughs> Rafa, defend your boy. That was your. That was your. That was your guy. Well, I can I think it's tough. For for one thing, I know we didn't go in depth about Monterrey as to why they're doing bad or anything, but I think this whole the fact that they have so many South American players going off like every two weeks for. I mean, I'm exaggerating. It's not every two weeks, but but they they have to go out and play for for their national teams quite often. I think it's disrupted that. Uh, that chemistry they've had going for a while now, I think it's it's been detrimental to the team, to be honest. Uh, I think Cardona's been one of those guys who, who I think with Colombia looks looks really good. Then he just comes back to Monterrey and, and he just looks like he's not interested, you know? So I think that's been the issue with Monterrey, in my opinion. Uh, I can't defend Cardona. He's had a really bad season. So That's a fantastic point. That is a fantastic point. Because, I mean, I'm looking at Monterrey. Let's just, to get into Monterrey real quick. They got Pavon, who's just having a good season. Funes Mori, second in goals. I mean, it's just they just can't seem to put it together in the field as a team. They take too many long shots. They they just take far too many long shots. You watch their games, and it's like there's a nice bit of play in the in the opposition half. Um, you know, good bit of dribbling from Cardona or Pavon, little one twos. Great space, edge of the box. It's just shot, shot, shot every single time. And they waste so many opportunities that they create in the attacking third with long shots. And they haven't scored from outside the box all season. <laughs> it's they got that it's the most thing. frustrating thing. And 
it frustrated me so much last year. And then, you know, back then, Pabon and Cardona were, you know, one of all, uh, Carlos Sanchez, one of the three of them, was banging in a 25-yarder every week. Um, and so it was kind of hard to criticise. Now they're not, because you can't keep that up. You can't keep scoring golasos every single week. That can't be your tactic. And they just take so many long shots. It's so frustrating. And, you know, I think if they could cut down on that, they would be a lot better position than where they are. But it's it's kind of the style of, of like, Cardona and Pabon. You look at when they play, it's like they're just looking for that space to get the shot off nonstop. It's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rafa, same question to you. Who's been your MVP, I guess, and then your most disappointing player? So I'm going to go with another Tijuana player. I think Taito Moreno has been been the best player in this tournament. You just have to look at the goals he scored. He, he leads, been leads the league with 10 goals right now. I think that does it for me. I think the goals are enough. I mean, if you score that those amount of goals and you know in this amount of time, I mean, it's it's wonderful. Uh, so I give that that title to to Dairo Moreno. As for mo- most disappointing, I was going to say Edwin Cardona as well, but uh, I think one player who, by the way, I was not a big fan of last season, even though a lot of people uh, were big on, was Osvaldo Martinez for America. I think he's been a little disappointing this season for uh, mm, for Cuba. Agreed. Agreed. I I can see why a lot of people liked what he did last season. And I can see why a lot of people said that, you know, Paraguay might have needed him during the Copa America. Uh, but I think this season he's just struggled. I, I don't see it. I, I mean, granted, you know, Ruben Sambuesa hasn't been great either, but uh, it has to be Martinez for me. Yeah, I mean, look, looking at Martinez, thinking about him, 30 years old now, perhaps he's just passed his best. I, th- I think last season was probably the best season he'll have in his career. I yeah, think that was right. It. I think, and he's and he's on the down. And I, and I think America, the board is thinking the same thing. I wouldn't be surprised if if he leaves soon. I, yeah. I think yeah. America are thinking the same thing. They gotta free up some money to sign Zlatan, right, for the Centenario. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. I mean, it's all about setting expectations, and they just kept pumping up like they were making this huge signing. And who the hell did they sign <laughs> for the summer? Silvio Romero? <laughs> Romero was a big signing. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, Ibarra is uh... a proven guy in Europe. Romero had adding up goals and assists last season was the leading yeah. player in the league. For most sides, that would be enough. Most. <laughs> but obviously, America are on most sides. No, they're not. 